Hi, Nikolai. Welcome back. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me again. Today, regardless which topping you will suggest, I would like to talk about Java. Hey, wait, you make it sound like it was my fault that we didn't talk about yeah, Java. Yeah, it was always your fault. You know, we started with, you know, selling illegal games. And then what the last time we had even, I actually forgot, I, even uh, some agile topics, I think, right? Yeah, like you're saying it's always my fault makes me sound like my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, That's um, like it's established family. My daughter has the same trait. Like it's always my fault here. Okay. Oh, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that is what I'm saying. Perfect. So uh, what I would like to cover is Uh, what happened between Java 11 and 17, because uh, this is LTS. And then we can cover Java 18, because it's just interesting and fresh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. In my opinion, or in my, what, what is the biggest Java 17 feature? So if you have Java 11, what do you would yeah. like the most in Java 17? Oh, boy. So like my, 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 uh, if you ask, like, if you have Java 8, what you like most about Java 9, I would make the joke reply that you have search in Java, Doc. Now let's see whether there's a seriously joke reply between 11 and 17. Okay, but but seriously, though, so one one, one thing that is rather small, but it's really neat, I think, is, uh, is text blocks. Yes. I think that's something that can just, I mean, it's, it's not going to see, it depends a bit on the code base. I don't think we'll see, like, huge amount of applications in all code bases. Some of them could benefit quite a lot. But I think each code base will have, each code base will have, like, a couple of places which is really handy that you can finally write like a couple lines of text without having, you know, like specifically if you want to have line breaks, like backslash N and then, you know, formatting that. So if you have snippets of XML or JSON or SQL that maybe you want to, you know, pass to tests, for mm -hmm. example, like, you know, just have, mm -hmm. have some, some JSON to throw at some API and see where that reacts correctly. I think that's like a small change that's really cool. Um, which uh, which we... parts are you thinking about? I'm just curious because... Um... Which parts? Sorry. Yeah, which parts of the code base would benefit the most uh, of okay. Java text blocks? Yes. So, so for example, if you use uh, something like HQL, or is that what? What's the JPA query language yeah, yeah. called? Is that JQL? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So if you if you use that, uh, that's a place I think you can use it. Um, if you write informative uh, error messages, like like exception texts, I think sometimes it's handy to put more than like error X occurred. Sometimes mm -hmm. you actually want to tell something specifically. It's an error that ends up being user-facing, um, where you want to provide a little bit more detail. Maybe if you have something like in UI and you want to just like have a little bit more text on there, that would come in handy. But I think another big chunk is in tests, right? So, for example, yeah. when we talk about... XML and JSON, yeah. like in production code, you don't yeah. want to write that out by hand, right? Mm -hmm. You want to have a library mm -hmm. that serializes uh, objects for you to JSON mm -hmm. or to mm -hmm. XML or whatever. But if you have uh, in a test, you just want to have like, I want to just have these three lines of JSON here mm -hmm. um, to to check whether something behaves as I expect it to behave. Mm -hmm. um, it's just nice to be able to write that in the way that we'd also write it into a file, right? So you can actually kind of kind of read it because it's, like, it's, it's not like it's impossible to write XML into a single line. It's just it doesn't exactly make it more readable. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm absolutely with you. So uh, I, I actually, one of my projects, we uh, switched to Java 17 just because of that. And uh, we had to implement uh, a already specified JAXORS, so like REST endpoint. And the nice story about that, I could just copy and paste, you know, for for instance, the error codes from uh, from this pack and return it as string, which was, uh, which was converted by MicroProfile to JSON for me. And it was uh, way more easy to, uh, way more readable, and mm -hmm. uh, and more productive. And um, and um, so I misused this str Java string as a JSON the very first time. Uh, prior to Java 17, I would have to use JSON object and say you know add 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 or whatever. So it also works. Yeah. But uh, this was way nicer. And testing mm -hmm. is huge. 
So what I usually do for my microservices, I'm writing system tests. And in the system tests, I usually need JSON, um, a large amount of JSON. Yeah, and with yeah, I think those are uh, great cases. Yeah, yeah, and what do you uh, what you can do here, right? You go to your endpoint, you you fire up curl, you get back the text, the ASCII text, so you can copy it as an as a string, and you already have a good starting point. And then mm -hmm. with formatted, for instance, right? With formatted or replace all, I still don't know what's my favorite. So with formatted, <laughs> so you have you know the array of strings or whatever you have. But the another trick, even better, is replace all because you can have different um, template variables inside. So you can have, you know, inside like uh, dollar request or whatever, and almost looks like ES6 templating then uh, in Java. So I use sometimes formatted, sometimes repress all. Yeah. So if people, if listeners out there are, would be interested in templated things, uh, one good reason to get to 17 is that then you are closer to whatever comes in the future. And one thing that could maybe come, I think there's a jet draft for that, mm -hmm. are actually template strings. So that's really very, very early. So the jet is not even done. So it's like usually you have like a some ideas floating around, mm -hmm. and then a jet draft is basically the next step. It's very very early in the process. It has to be finalized, has to be submitted. It maybe takes uh, could take up to a year, or like it could take longer. Of course, like some jets have been around for a long time, but in general, that's uh, it takes a little time before it then actually is targeted to release. So not promising template strings in Java 19, not at all, <laughs> but uh, there's a jet draft for that, and uh, that's it's pretty cool as well. So you can then have like a better way to uh, to write stuff where you have like like a multi-line string, like a textbook, and in the middle of that, you want to have a variable a value. And the interesting thing about that specific proposal, by the way, is that, you know, because it's Java, we're going to do uh, a little bit more indirection to get a lot more power. What I think, find really cool is that you will, like the API will allow you to, to write your own templates and basically be like, okay, I want to get, you know, we'll get, the user can write, the developer write a string uh, and interject these variables there. But then I'm not definitely, I'm not necessarily turning that into a string as a result. I can take that as input and take it, turn, for example, to a JSON node. So the input would be what basically looks like a text block interspersed with variables in there. And the output would not be a string. The output would be a JSON node or a parsed SQL query or whatever. So, so, like that, so the, the output is template, really cool. right? So the output is template. Sorry, the, the output is what it depends. Like it basically depends which template you use. Like yeah. the default template turns something into a multi-line string, mm -hmm. but uh, a template can also turn something to something else. As I said, like an SQL mm -hmm. statement mm -hmm. or. Uh, but this is so how it in be... JavaScript is working because if we do the multi-line strings with JavaScript, and uh, what you there you can write your own template processors and uh, exactly, it, yeah. and you will get three parameters like you know array or whatever. So this seems like this. This was my question. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like that. Like, like you have this. Like this is small. I've used it a couple of times. In JavaScript, you write like the small uh, function, couple letters before the backticks. Yeah. Right? Ex exactly. That's, so the, yeah, the function yeah. name, backticks, and then you have your you know multi line yeah. string. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I think that would uh, would at least be similar. Asterisk. I don't understand the JavaScript templating very well, so maybe 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 mm -hmm. I'm wrong. But yeah, it sounds very similar. Exactly. Yeah. And you can actually but, use it right now already with GraalVM, so you can load your JavaScript and you have it. But uh, we get it with Jep. <laughs> yeah, with Jep, we will get it with proper Java, right? So. Yeah. Exactly. Uh huh. Which um, number yeah, it so has? Now, now I'm testing you. Give me the number of the Jep. Yeah, the draft Jeps don't have understandable numbers. Ah, this uh, was just, just you know, did, did, I just wanted to do to 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 see whether you know it, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, so I mean, it, it, technically, it does have a number, but it's the same as the JBS issues. So that's okay. like what six, six, seven digits. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not that clever. Um, yeah, but that's. I'm really looking forward to that. By the way, yeah. Like, by the way, this will be even more useful. Maybe we see something in 19. 
this will be uh, more useful because um, now it comes. Um, we have to be uh, we have to be uh, careful with our agenda, but with the simple Java web server and with that, I could have already a simple web framework built. You know, with uh, with <laughs> two components. But uh, forget this for a second. Um, what I forgot to tell you, I wanted to congratulate you. You got from a YouTube. Uh, like a rock star, how to call it? How it's called officially? A uh, rock star plate or oh. brick or uh... yes, the, the brick. Yes, it's called the. <laughs> how, how it's called no, officially? It's, it's not a badge, is it? It's, it's um a badge. It's a plaque, plaque, plaque. I think that's the English word, right? Oh, plaque is uh P-L-A- like German plague, right? So. Yeah, that's why that's why it's difficult to call, to, to pronounce, not make it sound like. But it's is, a plague. Uh, how it looks like? Is it like a brick or is it like a piece of? Yeah, I will see it. I will try to you know to transcribe to my listeners. Yeah, so I put it back into the into the packaging, by the way. Oh, <laughs> so it's not on the wall because it doesn't stay there. Also, it's not mine, right? So it's very important to stress that that was for the Java YouTube channel, which has a thousand subscribers, uh, which is like ninety nine point five percent not my work. So okay. just like just to get that straight. Um, but yeah, so it first went to, to David Delbassi, my colleague, and then he sent it to me, and I've just un- unwrapped it again. So it's, I think it's. Uh, aluminum or aluminium, depending on where in the world you are, but I'm not sure. I'm not a metallurgist. I can't really tell you. Yeah. And then there's some reflective part there. That's the that's YouTube this. logo. Sh- show me this from... Uh... And this looks, looks really nice. Bit... It is really nice. It looks like MacBook Pro. A little bit. <laughs> right? MacBook <laughs> Maybe, Pro yeah. with a triangle <laughs> on it. Yeah. And like this... Like, so it says presented to Java for passing 100,000 subscribers to YouTube. And that's like... I don't know. Like you can... Like if you run your finger over it, you can feel it. It's... A laser, I laser, whatever. But I think, but it's isn't the laser like in, it's on top though. Okay, so the no letters are on else, top. Okay. Yeah. So like it's it's nice. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But like the thing itself is you know not that very important. Like like if I would have worked for hundred thousand subscribers on my own channel, I would probably be much more proud of this. Yeah. Uh, this is something that you know most of the other people did the hard work. But also like it's less about the, the specific plague. It's just nice that there are many people. Uh, following Java and are interested enough to spend what is mostly their free time, right? I mean, I mean, I look at the YouTube analytics. I know that people watch stuff during the weekday at times where probably most people should be working. Yeah, but also work. they're doing this in their hey, free time. If so they're watching amazing. you, this is heavy work. You know, this is not like it's fun. Ouch. No, I wanted to congratulate you because uh, this is great news that actually Java gets recognition from youtube right 100,000 subscribers is actually huge yeah and and yeah. Uh, especially now because we are already saturated with all the online stuff you know in the corona times i would say yeah, uh, that's true. Five, five years ago it would be not big deal whatever you did it was very popular but right now there everything is online so i would like really seriously congratulate you to this this is a great stuff and what i also did i watched your show i forgot what it was but it was great video i think java 17 <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah. So Java records. Yeah, so the, How you did it? Uh, very good. And the other guy, the French guy, I forgot his name. He uh, also. So Pomar, my colleague. Yeah, I, yeah. I he think does great so. Stuff as well. But but um, and he he explained something in a coffee shop <laughs> with <laughs> yes. a coffee in hand, and I say I have yes. to stop. I have to make coffee. I I wanted you know <laughs> to have a coffee so bad, so I stopped the video watching his, and I was I was just curious what you are doing in the Java channel. And uh, it looks professional, fun, and uh, it, um, yeah, it, yeah. I, I have to say, it's really nice. What, yeah, whatever thank you very much. There. That's really nice to hear, and mm-hmm. it is a lot of fun. 
Um, it takes uh, a surprising amount of time to edit a 10 minute video. Yeah, this is what like I suspected. Me, you're not actually a video editor. Yeah, uh, this is what I suspected. But yeah, it's fun. And mm -hmm. it became more fun. Like in the past, editing was just a chore, just yeah. something that I was really not good at that mm -hmm. I had to do to get a video out. So mm -hmm. the part where I script and think and write code snippets, I enjoy that much, uh, that a lot, whole lot, sorry. Mm -hmm. And then writing the recording is like, eh, you know, sometimes it works, then it's nice. Sometimes it doesn't work. You need a lot of takes and then it sucks a bit. But it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. But that only takes, I don't know, like the recording doesn't take long. Mm -hmm. But then the editing, that can take huge amounts of time. And in the beginning, it was really just a chore. But now I feel like I got a little bit little bit better at it. So I feel like I can have some artistic expression. I'm using the term very freely here. Yes. But like it means I can do, I can try something out and be like, hey, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. So it becomes a little bit more fun, but it's still like 80%. It's just like clicking and like just just pulling things in the right place and then like cutting frames. It's really like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of just work that just needs to be done for a couple of hours before anything really happens. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the day where maybe somebody else can edit these videos. Maybe we get some professional video editor. But at the moment, everybody of us like Billy does videos on on Twitter. He does the sip of Java on Twitter. It's really great. So my colleague Billy Corano does those. Jose does the Jeb Cafe, which exactly is in that cafe. Um, and then I do with the newscasts and, and, I, and I just, our own stuff. And there were just cookies and great coffee. And and he talked about Java records. I think I, I cannot even remember. I remember yeah. his coffee and the cookies. I say, this looks yeah. that good. It's, it's crazy. But um, yeah. since we're talking about records, I because think so. coming back to your question, so it's not going to, so I don't have to come back a fourth time and listen to you accusing me again that it's my mistake. No, no, now we have, Java. this was a now serious <laughs> talk, talk about, about serious talk about, you know, <laughs> aluminum stuff from uh, YouTube and now back exactly. to the fun with Java. By the way, your French colleague, uh, he started at Oracle recently because I think he invited me to Java User Group Paris and he didn't work for Oracle back then. Uh, so he started uh, not much later than me. So I started February last okay, year, nice. and he started shortly okay. thereafter. So but he's still organizing the Jack Paris. Okay, so greetings to him. To nice a... guy. Yeah, I will. I will let him know. Right. So, oh yeah, records. Yeah, you were mentioned. Uh, he was talking about records. So that's obviously uh, your second. Your second? Uh, how to no, call it? No, I wouldn't say textbook is the biggest thing. I just think textbook is a, it's a nice niche thing uh, that like could could be like of surprising value, right? Because yeah. it's such a small yeah. thing. It's not that easy to think like, oh yeah, I'm going to use that a lot, right? Some big ticket items like records, for example, or maybe Lambdas in the past, you see that and you know, oh, I'm going to use that a lot. Yeah. But then there are small changes which could go a little bit unnoticed. Like for example, the collection factory methods in Java 9, which like they, they I use them so often, like whenever I cannot write code without writing list.off anymore. Like if yeah, I exactly. go back yeah. to Java 8 occasionally, yeah. I have to write like, New array list and array list add. I, yes. I immediately get annoyed. And map so off even better, right? Well. Map off even better. Yeah, it it is um, somehow feels wrong because it is actually an array, but it works great, yeah. right? Yeah, map off. Yeah, well, no, no, it's not an array. Map off has overloads. Map off has ten over, like all of the off methods have overloads. I think ten going from zero to ten yeah, arguments exactly. to prevent mm -hmm. the var arcs, and then map dot off doesn't have a var arcs variant because you need like, let's say you want to have a map from string to integer. Mm -hmm. You want to have string integer, string integer and Java's mm -hmm. type system doesn't allow a var arcs of like, you yeah. know, like two different types. Yeah. Uh, so it has a map of entries, which ah, okay. um, gives you, which takes a var arcs of map entries. And the cool thing is like in the past, occasionally when I need an entry, I think what was the best way to get one new abstract map? Dot yeah. simple entry or something and now you can just write map dot entry i think that's cool. a factory method that mm -hmm. gives you a map entry mm -hmm. uh, and that's how you create a map of like more arguments although i gotta say like i rarely use that for more than like a handful it's already like 
the top. Usually I use it for like, I have to, I, in the cases where I want to use list off, I usually have very few arguments in hand. Um, yeah, sometimes and, more because, because what, use, right? what I uh, needed uh, often in the cloud, because uh, if you have configuration, you can, if mm -hmm. you provision the uh, whatever, AWS Lambda in Java, whatever, then uh, you have to pass, you know, key value pairs. And what mm -hmm. you can do, you can use MapOff because uh, you can, mm -hmm. um, how to call it, you can provision this with Java code already with CDK. So you know what's coming and then, you know, the environment is provisioned and then you ship your application. So um, okay. map off and list off is a great, great, you know, um, how to call it, uh, space saver because the code is more compact. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's, and it's also just like straightforward to think of, right? It's yeah. like creating the map and then putting stuff in there and then MapleLady even returning the map gives you this feeling of, great, I created like, I have a statement to declare a variable and, and call a constructor. Then I do the stuff that I'm actually interested mm -hmm. in, which mm -hmm. also has like, you know, map dot add map dot put map dot put a whole lot, yeah. and then at the end I return. It feels like there's so much code more there than I actually want because yeah. all I want to have is a mm -hmm. map of these ten mm -hmm. pairs. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's also it's not just like it saves lines of code. It also just gives you the thing that you want to do faster. You don't have to stop and think like, okay, you know, like okay, I need that map. Like let's create a new hash map. You just go map off, and there you go. And I think those are like small changes. And I think textbook is more in line with those. Textblocks is not something that I think will jump out as a big thing, but it's like a cool thing that will come in handy in those places where you can actually use it. But Unless you are is, working think, with JSON and, and REST endpoints, then it's huge. Um, yes, you see, right. So if you do that a lot, then you will miss, probably immediately see the value of textblocks. Mm -hmm. But uh, records, yeah, records are great. I mean, records is something that... Uh, is your second favorite after after textblocks? Records? No, as I said, like I wouldn't say textblocks is my favorite. I'm not sure. Like If, if I have to pick a favorite, I want to go with the pattern matching stuff. Yeah. Uh, although it is in 17, it's still not complete, so you can't really use it that much. Um, but just because of how promising it is, I would say that uh, type patterns and sealed classes were probably my favorite, but less from a I use it the most and yeah. more of a I see where this is going perspective. Okay. Uh, so now, that, that's really what, what I, uh, as my question was actually, what is most useful right now? So I would oh, see most useful. right now yeah. our favorite as well because okay the potential yeah, is, is pattern matching of course, but I would say yeah. um, the text blocks. Then I would say even a switch and a Java records. This would be my this would be uh, my personal favorites, but I'm curious about your opinion so we can talk about yeah. that. Yeah, so I think like when it comes to the biggest impact on code bases, I think it's hands down it's going to be records. Uh, there's uh, I, I know that uh, a company here in Karlsruhe used to work. Uh, I'm still in touch with with a lot of people working there, and they uh, created their own annotation because they they went from LTS to LTS, right? So mm -hmm. we went to Java 11. Yeah. Uh, by the time Java 11 was out, and the next version they're shipping, so they also have like a six month release cadence, and the version that's coming out right now, about you know these weeks, is uh, shipping on 17. Yeah. And so that means that they knew about records. Yep. since they were first previewed in 14, but they couldn't use them. Yep. So what they did instead is they created their own annotation which they would put on classes, like basically saying, like, this is going to be a record, so that then later they would easily find all the places yep. and put in all the replacements. And also that people already knew, okay, if this I want to make this a record, I don't want to call this get name, mm -hmm. because you know for a record, the component yeah. accessor is just name. Mm -hmm. So uh, they knew that they already had to like abide by those rules to make it easier to refactor. And they went through, and and I friend there was a he's, he's the lead of software development there. He sees he says he sees the the git diffs, mm -hmm. and just the amount of code that just evaporates, the amount of boilerplate that just you know just goes out the window. And what you remain is with is with compact code 
that really not only saves you lines of code, which is probably the least important, but also makes it so much easier to understand what you have in hand, right? Mm -hmm. If you have something that is could be a record but isn't and has like four components, that's, I don't know, that's like 60 lines of code at least. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But that's just what it is in mm -hmm. Java. And uh, with the component, with the record, you can turn that into a single line even, or maybe just like if you need a custom constructor, a couple of lines of code, and you don't lose anything. You don't, it doesn't make anything more complex. Like you still, it's not like shorter code can obfuscate things, but that's not the case here. Record is just so much more expressive. You just look at this yeah. one line of code and you immediately know what's going on. Uh, and that's great. And I think that makes, uh, that will have the biggest impact just because I think many code bases will have a lot of places where they can use records. Mm -hmm. And so this will be a, probably the most, um, visible impact if you go from 11 to 17 i would guess would be records mm -hmm. i was surprised i'm using records right now also for json serialization and uh e even nested mm -hmm. records inside classes and i was surprised that it actually worked out of the box um i did some investigation before and uh and I had to do something and it works great and i already saved a huge amount of uh of of code because um back then i used a class to have you know in a json like a key let's say Hugo, there was a class mapped to Hugo, and then the class had public attributes. And now this can be just an embedded record, which is one liner. So yeah. in the in the class you have you no know, record, which is line line, and second line uses the record and it works. So uh, a yeah. huge uh, space server. But with records, what's happened to me a couple of times? Um, I was um, not about forget about microservices. Now I did a project um, like like CLI tool. And I was really, okay, I can use records everywhere. And I started then with records, and then they became, they, 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 they got more logic. And then, then I converted into classes, interestingly. So I said, okay, <laughs> now it's no more record, a class. So I was a little bit sad, but yeah, sometimes um, yeah. you need their behavior. And then what, what will happen? You get the true classes, which is a good thing. So, so the records will kill all the DTOs and all the mappers. But uh, sometimes, you know, you will start with record, and you will convert the record to a Java class. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's uh, perfectly fine, right? In yeah. both ways. That's, that's just usual development process when you yeah. create an abstraction and then you later realize, well, it wasn't quite right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to change that. I mean, of course, the, the unfortunate bit about that with records is, uh, if you first think, yeah, what I need is, and that's what records are, a transparent carry of immutable data. That's mm -hmm. what I need here. Mm -hmm. So you go with that. And then you later realize, no, it's not entirely right. Like I need this hidden field. I really exactly. need it for whatever, like, or, or I need, I need one, one field that I can reassign. Exactly then the record abstraction is not the right abstraction anymore. And that yeah. specific situation, the unfortunate consequence of that is that now you have to explode the record into a class, which yeah. means like now you do have to generate like a bunch of getters and, yeah. uh, you know, the constructor and the fields. And so there is, um, 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 what we call it, like a hurdle there. Like if you feel the best abstraction would be for this record to not be a record, but basically the same thing, but with, let's say, a mutable field or a hidden field, when I say hidden field, by the way, that means that components are all public, right? So you cannot hide state. That's yeah. intentional. Uh, but if you realize, no, but there really should be some piece of state that is yeah. not, that is hidden from yeah. the public. Exactly. Uh, then you cannot use a record. So in but, those uh, what I then, did, what I did in this, uh, yeah. in this case, um, I, I kept the record and, and used a Java class and uh, the record was a field of the class. And this Java class, the outer class had, you know, the uh, the state and it accessed the record as immutable. So th this makes sense from yeah. the abstraction because like, you know, the core state, which was immutable and the Java class added, you know, some behavior and the hidden fields or whatever. So this was, uh, uh, this, this worked well in this particular case. Oh, that's interesting. So did you then, um, uh, did you then have, did the class 
return the record, or did it have its own getters that would access the record component? Uh, so when not, the record not, had a name component, yeah, not, would the class have yeah. its own get name method? And not all, because usually this okay. is never the case. What I don't like, you know, to generate in advance all the getters and setters, I only return mm -hmm. what's really needed. So a subset mm -hmm. of the record was needed, and the remaining remaining state uh, was needed for some calculations. So the class didn't have, you yeah. know, to return everything. It just returned what was needed from outside, which was a great case for records, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so I really think that uh, that's important as well. The um, maybe records make it easier to distinguish the cases where you actually want to make all state accessible. So this 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 canonical thing in Java, that you create fields and then you create getters for all those fields. I think that's 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 like doing that always is a is a really bad bad anti pattern. Yeah, it is like, not really it is not necessary. It was uh, created yeah. for Java beans back then that the uh, was that the IDEs knew what's inside, you know, yeah. for reflection. This is no more needed. This is actually and and you can always create, you know, um you, you can have a class with get and return more than one field. It's also records are great. Because you know, mm -hmm. if you have uh I don't know, well, well, let's do something um Let's say uh, YouTube Java YouTube channel, and you would like <laughs> return. You know, you can return the, let's say the uh, viewers and the amount of, of records or whatever, or you can record the stats from the class, and the statistics could be a record, and you can create yeah. you know the record in the getter very conveniently, just you know adding the fields yeah. on the fly from the class. So a uh, record is also a very convenient way to return a subset of class state. That, yeah, that's actually a good idea. Well, what I thought about uh, with with not having that many getters is, oh, rather that that anti pattern of always creating all of those getters. What I really try to do is when I write code is to uh, more strongly distinguish than in the past about stuff about what classes that do something and classes that are something. And things that are something are, can often be records, and things that do something usually don't have to um, expose any of their fields or at least very few of their fields. So ideally not having that, I mean, like in the past, we thought that there was a great thing in Java with classes that you have, like all have, you have state and behavior together, which is good in many situations, don't get me wrong. But I think um, that if you have a class with a lot of behavior, it should not also expose all of its fields as data. Not that there's anything strictly bad with that, but if all of those, if all classes do get, do that, in my experience, that leads to very like tangled code. Yes. Where everything does something, but everything also exposes everything. Yeah. And then like everybody uses everything from everywhere. And that leads to code that I find much harder to understand and to refactor. Whereas what I try to do is I said like, okay, so what is the purpose of this thing? This thing does something. It might have like a dozen fields because it needs those, but it tries to hide all of them ideally and just offer functionality as in the form of methods. Mm -hmm. Whereas this other thing, which also has a dozen fields, is just that. It's just a collection of these 12 things. Mm -hmm. So now there could maybe be a record, maybe if in mutability it won't be a record after all. But the point is, it's still a different kind of thing where I think of it as just a collection of things that it knocks around and then it can get access, uh, sorry, expose getters and maybe even setters for those. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really think that, that records help with this distinction because at least for one of these now, uh, we get like good type to express that. So if mm -hmm. we have something that is just the data, we can use a record to express exactly that. This is just data and nothing else. And uh, the language can make can make use of that with, for example, the construction patterns or whatever. But also, it just helps us to communicate to our colleagues and to ourselves in the future uh, what this type is about. Yeah, um, there are two cases we have to close this. Uh, but um, I would say some projects are object oriented or polymorphic, and the others are more like CRUD, the microservices. Mm -hmm. So in the CRUD systems. Um, you usually get the distinction between behavior and state. 
So uh, then the state would be, you know, the records and immutability is great. And then behavior, you, you have some somewhere else. So I was in some project which uh, was really hard to do this way. Uh, for instance, in a this was a transportation system project. And this was interesting because you think about this. There are different vehicles with different capabilities and also different uh, connections between cities. You know, you can take the highway mm -hmm. or whatever. And every type has different uh, has different uh, features or capabilities. And what mm -hmm. we did back then, we we used Java objects, so proper objects, without exposing all the getters or the state videos no needed. But the cool story was, you had at the end of the day uh, a connection and a and a and a transport or a vehicle, and you can say, hey, vehicle, here is a transport, and the vehicle would say, okay, I cannot because I'm overloaded. Or if you would try, you know, to assign to a bicycle a container, the bicycle will break. So and 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 in such a projects, you need, you know, a nicer method. So getters and setters are absolutely pointless because they would just, you know, obfuscate the code. And um, yeah. so my observation is also like, you know, graph-based systems, object comes with great benefit. And if you're just talking to a database, doesn't matter. So you're just using objects is a waste of time because uh, the abstraction is, you know, the table or whatever. And um, yeah, this is my observation. But anyhow, mm -hmm. the records are useful everywhere. So you can use records yeah. inside the classes, or you can use you know records as a data containers to ship stuff outside of the microservice. So uh, great, I would say, and uh, really yeah. nice. Yeah. So one more place where you can actually use records is inside methods as well. Like that, and that's not a new thing. I did not know that. That was already a thing. Like I don't know for how long. Probably since Java one, you can create a class inside a method. I saw that, which is crazy. I think like, why, in like, Jep, why would right? you do that in the Jep description? No, 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 no. Yeah, it's in the Jep description because they changed the yeah. detail there. But that was possible way before. Like even okay. now on Java eight, you can go into a method. At least that's my understanding because I never do that. Why would you? Yeah. You can have inside a method. You can just go like, okay, this is class foo with like these 12 fields and these constructors and all of that, which of course you wouldn't because we're trying to keep our methods no, short. You, 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 know, with, you know why? For streams. Hmm? If you have streams yeah. and you would like to map stuff, you know, something like this, yes, like we exactly. don't have PR, for instance. There is PR is not available still in Java, just in JavaFX. But with, uh, with a record, you could build something like this. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say because we would do that with a class because it takes so much space and want yeah. methods to be to uh, methods to be short. But with the record, it's just one line, and it may sound silly, but it's exactly what you say. I actually think that uh, a general pair type is not bad, but it also has like it has no semantics. It's just a pair with first and second, yeah. and it's not it doesn't make the code easy to read. But if you then let's say you want to pair a name with an address, mm -hmm. both are strings, let's say, mm -hmm. which you can then do, you can just write run line, a record mm -hmm. name with address, which mm -hmm. has a string name and a string address. And then somewhere in your stream pipeline, you compile these two pieces of data, put them together. And then as long as you <clears throat> take them apart until the method is over, you don't even need to expose that record. So you can have that inside a method. Mm -hmm. I'm more fascinated by that this is possible and what we could do with that. I'm still not convinced it's actually a good idea to do that, though, because <laughs> it's still weird and off and, you know, might confuse people. And wouldn't it be better to just pull it like two lines above the method? I'm not sure, but I find it very interesting. Uh, and I think there is um, there's definitely benefit in scoping this type because if it's in the method you clearly communicate no no no, it's not a general thing not even in the class exactly. it's just really just here i really yeah. only need it here so that's very interesting i would say the records the uh, the records declaration looks different and it is okay to do something like this with a record 
I was really mm-hmm. opposed, you know, in the AWT and, and swing times with the inner classes. I hate that. There were lots of code and obfuscated everything. <laughs> but with uh, with records, it's just the declaration is just one line, one single line. And if you have no two attributes, yeah. it, it it almost looks like a variable declaration, right? With generics, a record, I would say. Yeah, just write like records, name yeah. and address, parenthesis, string yeah, name, exactly. string address, parenthesis. Like it's a little sad that we need the open and close curly braces behind that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that is there. It could be there because uh, it would be hard to teach the. It could be confusing to readers. It could be hard to teach the compiler. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm not sure for what reason. But it's a it's a bit sad. What's sadder though is that if your code co- a, a formatter comes along, it's like no, 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 no. We put opening and closing yeah. uh, curly braces on different lines. It's like no, I don't want to put them on different lines. There's nothing in there. So if you use like as soon as you start using records, you really want to make sure that your code formatter is set up so that empty blocks, mm-hmm. because in the end that is an empty block, right, with between the opening and the cur- closing curly brace, can stay on one line. Hey, uh, that really helps with records. Reca- re, uh, regarding the formatter, so what I did for years, I always used the Sun Java coding conventions because there was no. Mm-hmm. This the Oracle coding conventions are somehow related. They are of course because there's the same Java code. Um, it would be actually a great idea to have a JEP with formatter. This is uh, this is our form- <laughs> yeah. This is our formatter what we're using in Java. But what's Java? You mean in the OpenJDK? Yeah, for instance. Because I'm not even sure whether OpenJDK is uniformly formatted. I gotta say, like I've because neighbor, like it's a co- project that lives over 20 years, so I would be surprised if it were, to be honest. Or I mean, you know the Sun coding conventions? You have to look at them. This actually described that you know the uh, the 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 curly brackets is after the is in the in the in the line where the method declaration mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And uh, I had a lots of discussion with you know which which formatting style we use, and I say okay, stop the discussion. We use Sun coding convention. This was my answer, and I. And I saved a lot of days of my life just, you know, to pointing to this URI. And uh, I think with Oracle, they rename it to Oracle Coding Convention. Or this is, if, you, if you take a look, there is a, there is a page which looks like Oracle or Sun. And uh, actually, it would be, I think, a good idea to standardize that or, or at least provide a say, okay, this is what, what we are using roughly. It doesn't have to be exact, but it could be a community effort. And it's a good starting point to all formatters, right? I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think that belongs into a JEP because that's a JDK enhancement proposal. But it would be kind of interesting to more prominently feature what exact coding style does exactly. the Open JDK use and why, so that other people can align with that. Personally, um, the reason why I'm not super excited about the idea is that I'm a verdant user of tabs. Like, if people don't use tabs and they use spaces instead, and I work in their projects, I will use spaces. I'm not one of those crazy people mixing tabs and spaces indentation on on purpose, but Man, I really don't like space indentation, but I think the JDK uses that. So I really, I'm really not excited about the idea that even there's even more reason for people using spaces for indentation to point to something like, see, that Google uses two spaces for indentation, which I have no idea who thinks that's a good idea. And now OpenJDK uses four spaces for indentation, which makes more sense to me. But still, it's spaces. So, uh, like personally, I hope I, I want to say <laughs> I, I I wouldn't care. I, I would just adopt whatever Oracle suggests here or the Java yeah. department suggests because I mean we get the tooling anyway. You know, we, we the syntax, the compiler, everything. And in Python, I would say Python the formatting belongs to Python, right? And in Java, we could at, le- at least suggest this is the way to format. And actually, all the tutorials from Oracle they are already formatted the source code. I mean, if you are formatting the source code in a tutorial. You can also say how you did it, and and you just can say, okay, this is how we do it, and this is the, uh, and this there, is the... there's one problem there. There's one problem there that uh, most most uh, most uh, document sorry most code that you see on a website mm-hmm. is formatted 
to look good on the website. Mm -hmm. That, for example, usually means that line length is uh, shorter. It also means that yeah, usually yeah. don't actually it. use a tab character mm -hmm. because many systems still by default create a tab as eight spaces indentation, which is too large. So usually what you do is uh, you... Well, you can use with CSS. You can configure a tab to be with the width of four spaces. I know what they're saying. What my website does. Java Magazine was the same. I couldn't uh, format it properly because they tell me, you know, to use the day formatting. This Java, Oracle Java Magazine. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean. I think it is an, would be not a bad idea to suggest something. And 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 with yeah, a tool. Like I'm just I'm just I'm just afraid that I will have to stop using tabs because I think they're just so much better than spaces. But other you than that, like it. leaving my personal, you can ignore like, it. You're an Oracle employee. I mean, this is yeah, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes me the least likely to ignore. Larry will call me like, "Hey, Nikolai, I heard you using taps. That's not okay." Maybe Larry will <laughs> call you. So it's like, "Now you, you have destroyed all my, you know, open source project with your with your suggestion." Um, okay. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. Like the outcome of that is we get taps because Nikolai wanted them. Everybody's screwed now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I I think it's a good idea. Uh, you know, the more suggestions there are from from the from the community which creates the stuff, the better it is. And and then a greenfield project, I can still say I don't like it. I create my own invention, but I'm a consultant. I could say, okay, just use it. If you're not happy, then what do you suggest? Right? Yeah. This was yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So to be clear about what you're saying is, is it, it is right. Like it doesn't like it doesn't make sense to discuss uh, like to seriously discuss code formatting a whole lot. I do have a strong opinion on that, but I would never start a new project and then be like, let's fight over this for two days. So yeah. that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of value in just pointing to something that let's just use that. And what I what I find even more important than that is, and I learned that from JNet 5, um, they break their build if the code isn't correctly formatted. So yeah. if you provide a pull request, you will, and the, also, the good thing is the build also, uh, we use the, and JNet Pioneer, my extension project for JNet 5, uses the same uh, logic. Um, it uh, uses spotless to check. And Spotless breaks the build if the code style isn't right. But Spotless can also apply the code formatter. Okay. And it, so it, it often does things that I don't agree with because it's really weird about where to break lines and how to break lines if they're too long. But the thing is, like, I don't, like, who fights a tool? Like, that, that, that would be foolish. So, uh, we just configured it and it's there. And yes, we use tabs, by the way. Um, and that's, and that's what it is, right? If you provide a pull request and the tool tells you, sorry, your formatting is wrong, run this command to make it right, then there is no conversation. There is no discussion. There is no like oh, nitpicking over, you know, what, what was what no, was you're right. where, but, which but, has a lot of value. But uh, for instance, I use, you know, for years, the NetBeans. Uh, NetBeans uses, you know, whatever Sun configured and it looks like the Sun coding conventions. Now I use um, uh, the Visual Studio Code more often and the Visual Studio Code mm -hmm. comes with built-in formatter. I don't care what it is. But if I start a project, uh, I get asked, you know, which formatting I suggesting, and I say, yeah. I don't care, whatever it's inside. And then people expect from me to suggest something, and I don't don't like to suggest just my stuff, which is already there. Um, it would be nice to have, you know, because there yeah, are conventions definitely. for JavaDoc, uh, there's convention for everything, but there's no there there, there was conventions and coding conventions, but yeah. now it is almost forgotten. So I would say, you know, just to make it fresh, and, and there's already you found this Sun coding conventions. No, no, I didn't. I didn't want to because I have a loud keyboard. Didn't want to type on the side. No, no, this is a, this is a more uh, authentic, you know, feel to our it podcast. Sounds like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is very okay. silent now. Um, is it? Yeah, but the mic is maybe a little bit further away. So what I'm saying is though. So I don't think, by the way, just to uh, go go out and say it, I don't think this should be a community effort because that just means let's every let's invite everybody to discuss tabs for the spaces no, and but, where but, to put but curly if you braces, suggest something. Where to put what? Just, not even suggest. I think what it just should be is. This is what OpenJDK uses, period. 
Like, no, everybody should use this, okay. or no, this is a proposal, yeah. and no, this is a community conversation. All of that is ne unnecessary. Just, this is what we're using, and we're yeah. having a good ex good experience with that, and then everybody can agree, do I like that one, or do I, you know, do I use, for Be example, the Google has their own style. Which one do I want to use? And basically, everybody just says, this is what we're using. Yeah. Because, like, inviting conversation about code yeah, right. style... You're right. Oh boy, you're, you're right. <laughs> and and if you would, uh, if you would, for instance, do this, um, the uh, the the Java docs examples from Java, mm -hmm. they are already formatted with the formatter. I would say you you know you 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 will feel familiar with the with the whatever they are using because the code examples inside the Java doc they also come with similar formatting. Uh, I'm not sure about that because yeah, just, at least you know I, the curly I, brackets doesn't start in a new line. Yeah, that part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that, that, it, that case it, is true. It doesn't have to be perfect, but uh, it, you know, yeah, I, but the intention is off. The intention, sure yeah, intention isn't correct. Yeah, this is pre and and uh, this is the pre tag, I guess. So I, I'm not, you know, so picky about tabs versus spaces. I'm more about how to format Java record. Maybe a suggestion how to yeah. format a builder, you know, a dot and method. And and just, you know, general, yeah. how we do it, how it looks like Java, whether there are spaces yeah. or tabs from outside looks the same. Yeah, but I'm not even talking tabs or spaces. So specifically what I have in mind is because in JDK 18, there's a cool new feature where you can put your exactly. uh, code snippets that you show in Javadoc into its own file, which is great. Yeah. And because I look for examples uh, of, of, of code in Javadoc, I stumbled into the Java util stream package. Mm -hmm. And that package has at the very top like a short stream pipeline just to show what's happening. And the indentation on that, on those continuing lines, on the first line you have like that starts at the first position because it says like, I don't know, the result equals blah, blah, and then list.stream or whatever, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But then you have this chain calls that you have the stream pipelines. We have a couple new lines that need to be indented. Mm -hmm. And they look awfully wide. The indentation looks like it's very much to the right. It doesn't okay. look like the usual... Uh, double indentation okay. that you would put into a continuing expression. So I fear that some of those are actually formatted more for didactic reasons or okay. didactic, let's say, with, a, with an aim at uh, teaching and not so much with an aim as uniform structure okay. because the, if you teach something, especially if it's a short snippet, you may make different decisions as to where stuff goes mm -hmm. to ideally teach something compared to... Um, if you want to write code, then it's more important that the entire class looks the same, mm -hmm. and it's not that important that, like, you know, all the things are aligned that perfectly fine. Um, so I think that's actually an interesting conversation to be had about how do you teach stuff in code snippets. So, for example, when Lambdas came around, all of the examples from the OpenJDK team, uh, but also from all the blogs and post talks about this, they all used single-letter characters. And I that didn't like has I didn't, been a huge disservice. And generic, generics as well. I never understood why. Yeah, actually, like I, I generics. Like, I always use. I always, use, I always like, why are you doing this? Uh, and I think, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I was, I started, I programmed for years before I realized, like, wait, I can just give generics like a real name. Today, actually, e. <laughs> today, I, I wrote a stream code with T, and I say, okay, I know they they use T, but I change it to topic, right? And yeah. uh, and maybe there is one advantage of do, using one letter because if I use a proper names, they can interfere with variables or parameters in the method. If you have a stream and you say topic in the stream, it can interfere with the method parameter with the same name topic. Let's say. Yeah, wait, but if you were, but if the, but the generics. Wait, wait. No generic like streams. I'm talking generic... about streams. Streams map. I, I'm talking about oh, streams. Oh, oh, that's what I'm saying. If sorry, you sorry. Map, yeah, yeah. You know, map. And yeah, I don't know, yeah. topping uh, the that arrow. Uh, yeah, th this is what, what can happen. But I mean, this is, you will find it yeah. out, right? But actually, I think that's, that's, if that happens to me, that always points to the fact that something is, is, something is off. Because if I have, let's say, in a stream pattern of topics, 
Um, I want to have a map and then I write topic and then arrow. Um, and then shit, I also have a parameter call or an argument called topic. What now? That's a clash there. That's what you described, right? Filter. But I realized If you would that like to some... filter and search for something, it's a valid use case. Yeah, but I think something is off then because these are not the same. No. Some of them are the topics that you have in your collection. And the other one, what is like, is that the search topic? Yeah, you're so right. They, they, these are different. Yeah, you should name it them differently. And that gives me an incentive yeah. to give them a different name. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. But but you're right. So uh, go back to the generics. Absolutely. They should probably have in general, like like actual names. I know yeah. E and T is common in the JDK, but the problem with the JDK is it's very general. Like yeah. it knows that a stream and a, and a collection can contain whatever. Yeah. Uh, they could yeah. sort of call it element, but I understand the idea, especially from a mathematical point of view, to just give it a short and sweet name. But most generics we write are not that general. They're often yeah. limited to something that's comparable yeah, or something that's a user. Yeah. And I really think like we should then use longer names. And th same thing for lambdas. I think most lambdas should have the variables and they should have a proper name. Yes. But the thing is, if you teach someone on slides or somewhere else, you have a different focus. And sometimes that leads to, well, look how short and sweet this is. Also, then it fits better on the slide and like just looks better. And then everybody does that. And now everybody's stuck with this idea that Lambda should have just a single character name, um, which, yeah. yeah, I think they shouldn't. So uh, back to our conversation. Now is your fault again. So Java 17. <laughs> <laughs> Java 17. So we had uh, we had records. We have text blocks. And now about the switch. And I'm actually more excited yep. about the switch statement. How called, how the mm -hmm. uh, new switch with the arrows is called properly? Uh, is this pattern matching switch, right? Is, uh, uh, no, that doesn't really have a name. Like, so switch now okay. has a different, it has different, uh, characteristics. Switch expression. one another. This is what yeah, I Yeah, but, yeah, I, but right, but technically expression only means that you use it as an expression, meaning it has a value, right? The switch mm -hmm. as a whole has a value. Mm -hmm. That's only what expression means. You can, mm -hmm. you write an old style statement, but use the arrow instead of the colon. That works. Yeah. yeah. So, you can have you can have all of these combinations. You can have a, uh, a switch that is either an expression, meaning it has a value, or just a plain statement. That's one dimension. The other dimension is you can use the colon or the arrow, mm -hmm. and then you can use like just say like a regular uh, switch over like string and integers, or you can have like a pattern switch that uh, switches over any kind of object mm -hmm. and then works with uh, with type patterns. So these are all different, and they indeed in certain details they do behave differently. So, for example, the colon has the default fall through, right? Where you have to mm -hmm. put in break so it doesn't mm -hmm. fall through, which I, like, I think that's a really bad default, to be honest. Uh, I'm pretty sure that in some code that you write, you can do something clever with the fall through, but so much more problems arose because of that, that I remember yes. that I would put in a, a, a linter, uh, I think it was mm -hmm. five bucks or something, that would warn me or even create, a, create an error for each fall through. Unless I yeah. put in a comment that says fall through intended just to express, no, 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 this is not a mistake. It's on purpose. And the arrow doesn't have fall through, which is great. So I really think like this case, and you can use that with like a regular switch statement over integers. You can still write uh, case uh, five arrow and then whatever. And so to me, that has quickly become the default whenever I have the chance to write code on new Java versions. Always use the arrow instead of the break. And then whether you use it as an expression or as a statement, that really depends mostly on the surrounding code. But if I have the chance, I use it as an expression. And the main yes. reason for that is that there is some uh, completeness checks in there because if you use it as an expression, it has to cover all the cases. And so the compiler gives you 
a little bit more of a support there to make sure that you cover all the cases. And it also makes the code feel to me more less side effecty and more functionally, if that makes sense. So what I'm saying is if you have a switch statement, uh, you, you're bound to compute, uh, so, so to redirect the flow of computation somewhere and basically imperatively say, in this situation, do that. In this situation, do that. Whereas an expression, you mm -hmm. lean more towards, uh, if this value, then this is the result. And if that value, then that is the result. And I try to think more in those terms. Uh, so I try to use, if, if, if it makes sense, I lean towards using the expression over, um, a statement if I have the chance. So then I would use the new switch expressions, but they're freely combinable. That's important to understand. Uh, what's also nice, um, in Visual Studio Code. So if you have switch expression over mm -hmm. an enum, so I put an enum, there was warning. So I said, okay, fix it. And it generated all the mm -hmm. cases from the enum. So I was basically done, you know, because it already knows there are, uh, Two, how to call it? Two slots, or what's called actually in enum the fields, right? Yeah, it has enum fields, fields, but that's not what you think. What is uh, because name? a field in enum. Uh, what yeah, what are the names? Names the in the enums? Do you know? Uh, maybe it's the instances. You know that the no, enum has Sorry, no two values. instances, so it creates then uh, exactly values. Yeah, exactly. Value method, right? exactly. Values. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> values. So the enum has three values, so it created uh, three yeah. uh, cases for me. And their default yeah. is not needed because there is no, uh, it's complete. So, and, and the use case for that was great because I had to return depending on requested type, a different mm -hmm. hash map or map. So, um, the method was get map with the enum and the switch was returned switch with the enum case arrow, this map or the other map. So it was like three liner, very understandable yeah. code. And uh, and it will grow, so we will maybe get five to ten such uh, values. In so it will be still readable, and uh, yeah, I really like it. So I, I would say this is a works really perfectly. And uh, right now, I think I only used expressions yeah. as switch statement. So this was uh, immediately yeah, so that, usable. So that's very important to understand. Like if you uh, if you're in the situation that you are, where you have like okay, I have an enum that has three values right now, but I'm expecting it to become more in the future. If you use like a regular switch statement and you cover all three cases, then the compiler um, is fine with that. But if then if a fourth case arises, the compiler is in general still fine with that. There could be situations where you don't have then you don't have a return value then. But like in general, the compiler will not care if you do not cover all the cases, mm -hmm. which has the downside that if you add one, you don't know where it's missing. And the great thing about using it as an expression mm -hmm. is that the compiler will force you to cover all cases. And if you then do not use a default branch, but actually just list all the four cases, and uh, in Java, I think 14 also where this was finalized, um, you can also have several case labels, right? So if you have, let's say your enum has three values and one of them is important, and the other two you don't care about in that specific case, you could have case the first value and then default. But you can also very easily now say case the first value and then case the other two values of so the second one, comma, the third one, arrow, do nothing. And the benefit if that is, or return the default value or whatever, the benefit in that is if you avoid the default branch and you do add a fourth value to the enum, you immediately get compile errors everywhere, which makes it super easy to yeah. hunt down all the places where you have to think yeah. about this yeah. uh, and very reliably too, right? Whereas when you are bound to the regular switch statements, you would add a fourth value and then you would start, you know, hunting the code base. Like, okay, so where's this, where's this used? And like you to judge where do I have to add cases? It's much more work. It's very easy now to just add the fourth case and mm -hmm. follow all the compile errors. 
that said, that only works if you avoid the default branch. Now, in some situations, you might still think, no, this is actually fine. I just care about the one case and all the other cases can stay the default. So now at the use side, basically, wherever you switch over an enum, you now have to make, or have to, you now can make the decision. Do I want to get a compile error when the enum changes? If yes, I list all the cases. If no, I just take use the default branch. And I think it's really, really interesting to get that uh, distinction. This completeness check will become much more important. All pattern, whenever you use patterns in a switch, you will also uh, have to be complete. And not only as an expression, as it looks now, not like as it looks now, even if you use a switch statement, but you switch uh, over an object, so you have these patterns in there, you still need to be complete. So the idea is, Maybe it was a mistake that we allowed switches to be incomplete in the first case. So it could be that all new changes to switch, all new variants, they will always have to be complete. And then maybe down the line, five years, 10 years, 50 years, <laughs> we can at some point say, look, now switch has to be complete everywhere. Okay, this was my question to you. Will you ever use the old syntax? In new projects. So, once again, like you have to think about what exactly you know, the, the statements or break. yeah. So I will only use colon if I want fall through. Like if I know in this case fall through is helpful, yeah. then I yeah, will use colon. Otherwise, never. Do, but will you will you use it? Do you think you will use it in the next two years? The old switch. Actually, statement, that was really funny. Just yesterday, I realized that I had accidental fall through okay. in my project, but it fell through into a case that okay. had a break. So that was good. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't okay. know. I, because I, I, I think. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, don't think I, so. I don't know when I actually when I intentionally used it the last time. It's rare, and I think I, I used I used that. But this was like what you said. What I what I did. I said, okay, I know there is I know a future case which will come for sure, which is always a no bad <laughs> idea to do such a thing. But I did, and uh, and I say, okay, and then we can have you know this behavior here, and then I will extend mm -hmm. it. And this made sense. But I think. I would do it differently with the new switch statement now. But uh, I also had a case, but the case was very weak. I think I don't think there are strong killer use cases for the old switch yeah, so, statement. Yeah, so, well, uh, once again, like, if you want, if you need fall-through in a specific situation, it's nice. And the good thing is, the, the, the problem with fall-through is that it's kind of, like, devious, and you might not be aware of it, and, like, you might miss that. But yeah. if we start using the error form everywhere, except where we actually mm -hmm. do use fall-through, then that would be interesting because mm -hmm. then you can immediately see, oh, there's a colon here. I better watch out. Something something yeah. fancy is going on here. Whereas when I see the error form, I immediately know, yeah. okay, I only have to look at the block on the right-hand side. So maybe we can start using that as yeah. a distinction in the future. But of course, if you have an old code base, you will not go around and refactor old switch to new switch. That's 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 pointless. No, no. I was just curious yeah. about your opinion in Greenfield Java 17 projects. Yeah. So this in, was, in those this projects, was no, the question. I would because... always use error unless I really, really need fall-through and I don't come up with a better solution. Exactly. And I would lean strongly towards so. expressions over statements wherever possible. Um, so yeah, I think that that will quickly become the default. I mean, the error form is just, it just like not having to type break is nice. so good. Like you don't even have to convince people for that. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the conclusion is probably we, at least we, uh, mm -hmm. you and, and me, we won't write, you know, uh, the, the break no. statement anymore. And, uh, usually, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, this is no. what I uh, also suspected. Um, okay. So we have to focus on Java 17 still, um, so there are the three major things, right? Because um, all the pattern matching, so half pattern matching with instance of where we don't have to cast. Patterns, this is yeah, like exactly. Uh, exactly. This is also which came uh, between Java 11 and Java uh, 17. I think Java. It was 14 introduced in 14. Right? I think so finalized in 16. So high patterns is where you can say mm -hmm. if you have an object, and usually you would say uh, instance of if 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 this object is instance of string, 
and then in the in the branch for mm -hmm. the if you would say well now I have to cast it to string and do something with it. Whereas in mm -hmm. uh, with type patterns you can say if this object is instance of string s, don't use s. Maybe it's a name or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. So right out that, and yeah. you can, but you can put a variable name there. It looks like it's really cool. Like it's really nice how these. Uh, how this old syntax turned out to be so easily extendable because you have like the old uh, object instance of type structure there. But mm -hmm. then you just append a name of the variable, which is great because then at the end you have a type and a variable name right next to one another. It looks like a declaration. So that yeah. like, like yeah. coincidentally, they're yeah. really fine. And that gets rid of those casts. And that's great. Important, but just because it became easier to type check and cast probably doesn't mean we should do it more. There are situations where this is a good yeah. approach and where this is necessary, but that determination should drive, do I want to use casting or not? Not how elegant is the new cast. So like usually we don't want yeah. to do that for, for, for various reasons. Um, and so type patterns and if I think would still be something that you probably want to, want to avoid or just let's say it differently. You want to avoid it just as much as, uh, uh, type checking and casting without type patterns. Where it becomes more interesting, if we mm -hmm. fold it into switch, because as we just discussed, switches. Exactly. Are, this is not yet in 17, right? This is going to come in the future. Yeah. Um, switches all these completeness checks, and they can apply to those cases as well. And so that means the risk of having to type check and cast that there are cases that you ignore or that fall through, that you uh, missed accidentally, that risk is reduced, or rather it's, it's zero now, because it also if you use uh, type patterns in a switch, you will all get all these completeness checks, mm -hmm. but that's all different conversation. We should probably meet again and discuss about type pattern matching. Like if we have full blown pattern matching, what could that look like? What could you do with yeah. that? But at the moment, I think type pattern and switch that you can see in Java 17 should just be used in the places where you already had to use type casts, uh, type checks and casts in the past. And they do not open the door to more of that because that's usually not uh, helpful to program that way. But C classes mm -hmm. is also a new thing. Perfect. C classes you have in 17. Which also exactly. folds into the whole pattern matching completeness checks. It also does like on its own. Deal classes are interesting, but not like overly revolutionary, right? So deal classes just means or seal types. I would say in general, hey, this interface cannot have like any amount of implementations, but just these four types are allowed to implement that interface, and uh, that makes sense for certain central abstractions in your code, right? Sometimes you have interfaces that everybody can extend and users can extend and all of that. But uh, often you're not. Often you're in a situation where you know we're doing, I don't know, we're having a billing system here. We have, I don't know, employees. And these employees, they're either, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, um, salaried employees or they're freelancers. And if we had a third type, like we have to touch all the code anyway. Or open source committers, yeah, exactly. right? So, so free workers. <laughs> well, that's open easy because committers, they get paid right? zero. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so the, so in those situations where you know that your entire system is built on the idea that you have like billing freelancers and billing salary and, and, you know, um, paying salaried employees, and that's all you ever do, then this generalization of these two, the interface that these two classes implement cannot be arbitrarily extended anyway. You can't just throw in a third type. And then all your billing system will just magically um, work with that. So in those situations, it does make sense to communicate to uh, to everybody else in the development team. These are the expected implementations. Um, but without the benefits of pattern matching and completeness checks and switch, there is not much that you there's not there's not much that you do with this. You're not going places yet. So you can do that in 17 already, but it will feel kind of pointless because you don't get anything. 
What you will get in the future is the completeness checks, because then if you switch over a type that is sealed, the compiler knows, hey, there can only mm -hmm. be these two implementations. You don't need default branch. And then you get all the benefits that we talked about earlier. So that's when this will really start to shine. And I'm pretty, I'm confident that the next LTS after 17 will give you that, but not yet, not now. Yeah. I actually found a great use case for the seed classes. I forgot forgot about that, but uh, I think w what I did this was a corner case, but it was really nice. It was a, also additional information or documentation what mm -hmm. the interface is for, because you had to declare you know who implements this thing, and uh, it was actually uh, it breaks the encapsulation a bit, but it's helpful for documentation. Yeah, and I mean there are situations. Uh, where you want to make clear yeah. to your users, maybe you have like an API and you say, look, exactly. you can give me an implementation exactly. of that interface, but you were supposed to get that implementation from me somewhere else in the first place. So you're not supposed to create your own exactly. implementations. I'm just going to make that sealed and prevent that from happening. So there are certain situations now where exactly. you can already use it. But as I said, like it's not, uh, you're not going to go uh, get, you know, go very far with that yet, but you will in the future. Mm-hmm. I think we cover the major pieces of Java 17, right? Yeah, this will be, we discussed the language features. I think there are two interesting bits. I mean, there are like tons of small things as well, right? Like they always get like performance improvements, like garbage collection and observability, like JFR got improvements and everything. So there's a, like as a, just like as a developer facing thing that we just discussed, that aspect of Java, just the language. But there's of course so yeah. much more and like there are tons of like small details and small improvements in there. But the two, uh, a little bit larger ones on the API side, I want to at least quickly mention. And one of them is socket channels. So uh, yeah, you okay. can now use uh, the Linux, uh, the Unix socket channels. Um, mm -hmm. And wait, did I, am I getting this right? Uh, yeah, you, yeah, right. You, you yeah, already written. Unix, sorry, Unix domain sockets. That was the name. I was, I was like, uh, it was not Unix socket channels. Unix domain sockets. So um, yeah, Unix domain sockets are a, a great way to communicate between processes on the same mm -hmm. machine. So that's important. Mm -hmm. You cannot do this between different machines. You can do it on the same machine because it works with a file handle. Basically, you're communicating yeah. with a file handle. And the good thing about that is that uh, it's, it's very fast and it's secure in the sense that it, it does not open you up to uh, inter-machine communication. So nobody from yeah. a different machine uh, can start talking to you because you're not opening a port or anything. So it's fast yeah. and secure. Um, and... Uh, that now also works on Windows because Windows, since I forgot the version, now also implements these sockets. And that means that now Java also, it makes sense for Java to offer these sockets. So if you do inter-process communication on the same machine, you should definitely look at the Unix domain sockets, which were added in 16, uh, because they will probably make your life uh, faster and safer. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually what Docker is using. So the default in Docker is if you have the Docker CLI, mm -hmm. it connects to the Docker service via, via not via network. It goes through a file, so oh, Unix, nice. Unix okay. domain sockets. Yeah. yeah so this sense. is, uh, and um, if you would like to have a proper communication and call the Docker daemon from outside, you you have to reconfigure this to use proper sockets. So this is a big deal, and uh, you know, um, in um, microservice-like environment where lots of stuff is working on the same machine, this is huge, because yeah. if the microservices communicate with each other, this is actually a local call. They, they, they are um, they are multiple processes, but they are on the same machine. So this can greatly um, um, increase the performance. Yeah, because you're like you're not you're not using any of the entire the entire networking stack is bypassed, right? There's no exactly. TCP IP. So There's like yeah. yeah, exactly. Like in memory, it's almost like a method call. I would say. Yeah, I'm not sure about the exact speed, but yeah, there will be like a, if you do that a lot, no there will be a, like a mm -hmm. big difference there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other one is that a random generator API. So a big improvement in 17 
So in the past, you had uh, like random, secure random, and threat local random, and they're weird. Mm -hmm. Like they have the same API, basically almost, not entirely. Some methods are missing from some of them, which is super annoying. Um, but while they have the same API, not all of the three extend one another. And also the implementation apparently is a lot of code that is similar or almost the same. So it was up first for an internal refactoring to just, you know, to share code better, but also externally to give this more like a proper structure. So now you have like an interface that's called random generator, which all of these three implement. Uh, but more importantly, you also have a random generator factory uh, interface where you don't, in the, in the past, you would say, I want to create a new random or I want to use threat local current or whatever. Um, but that would bind you to a specific um, random implementation. If you for whatever reason ever have to change yes. that, that's annoying. And what you can do now is you can use the random generator factory interface to say, give me all the factories and then I want to filter. Do I need something that has a hardware device that would be secure random? Or do I need something that has like a state space that is this, this or that large? Or... Uh, which method do I want to use? Because the new ones are not necessarily threat safe because that makes them faster. But if I do need a bunch of them, which way cre do I create a new generator from an old generator, which is important because you want these generators to have um, the same properties, but be statistically independent. You do not want to have two generators that generate the same sequence of numbers. Uh, so if you have one generator, how do you get a second one? And that depends on the algorithm. And there are different ways to get that. But you don't have to care about that. What you can say is, look, that's the kind of characteristics that I need. Just give me one. And then you get back an implementation that is not publicly accessible. So you don't depend on a specific type. You just assign this to an in the variable of the type random generator, which is the interface. And that means also that under the hood, Java can, and in the future probably will, more, more aggressively, meaning at all, like phase out old algorithms and pick up new ones. This won't change like on a, on a whim. But if an algorithm turns out to be not uh, as secure as was intended, meaning like it's predictable to a certain degree, then uh, it can be phased out as long as there's a new one with the same characteristics. Because then if you just pick an algorithm by characteristics and there's a new mm -hmm. one with the same characteristics, the old one can move out and you don't even notice. You just get a safer and better algorithm. It could also be faster maybe uh, without you having to change any code. And I really think that that's in the cases where we do use random numbers, and I think machine learning is a case where while models are trained, random numbers do become important. Um, so I think that that will play a role there. That's uh, that would mm -hmm. be very, um, it's, it's, it's a bit niche, but it's really interesting. No, not that niche. Also, random numbers and UIDs, you, you need always UIDs as well. And mm -hmm. um, by the way, it reminds me on Executor, right? This was a similar ref uh, refactoring with the Executor service back then, where you just specify, I would like to have this thread pooling. And then you there was like a builder, you say, okay, uh, new fixed thread, thread cache pool with this amount of threads, and you got back, you know, the thread pool. And the uh, implementation was swappable. This sounds to me like a uh, similar, yeah, it's like the, uh, similar change. Yeah, the mm -hmm. general idea uh, like builder is, pattern. The general idea mm -hmm. is what you, you describe what you need but you don't care about the mm -hmm. specific implementation, which is important to be able to evolve those implementations. And I think we can really yeah, exactly. see how this uh, how this changes in general, how we code. I also started like using, personally, my own code, yes, rely less on constructor calls and try more to do this like static factories or consider uh, what would be a good yeah. interaction to use here instead of just call new and the name of the class, and then I'm bound to that. Um, so really just like we wouldn't hand out, ha hand around array list, for example, at the moment, we mm -hmm. probably use list or collection interfaces as a type yeah. for parameters and return values. I think in the future, the same will apply to random numbers, for example, where you would then yes. write random generator and pass that one around 
instead of, oh, which also, by the way, makes it much easier to inject your own random generator for tests if you already rely on the interface and you get that injected. Yeah. Because what's common right now is to create a new random where you need it, which makes it super hard to test. But in the future, yeah. if you like more consciously get like, I just want to have the random generator injected, just like I would have all my other dependencies injected into the constructor, uh, then in a test, you can just, okay, I'll give you an interface, uh, an implementation of that interface. And if it becomes important for the test, I can give you one that only returns zero, 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 zero or whatever. Um, and yeah. that makes that much more testable. Very good. Yeah. I have to invite you back for Java 18 and your open source project. I would like to know more about your, what do you say, JUnit? Pioneer, we call it, yeah. Pioneer. I would like to talk about the we Pioneer can. because it sounds like a fun and interesting project. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. I'm about 18, by the way, for uh, for uh, your audience. I just put out a new Inside Java newscast. Well, depending on when this airs. Uh -huh. But there is a new Inside Java newscast from March 10th that discusses everything about JDK 18. So it goes through all the jabs, gives uh, some mm -hmm. tips and overview and links to the documentation, links to uh, more detailed presentations and other newscasts that wrote it in the past. It's a great way to get a first impression in 10 minutes. And then from there to branch out in whatever interests uh, interests you most. Is the Java newscast the podcast or is this Java oh, newscast right. something from so, you? Inside Java is like, that's a Java thing, right? It's inside.java, that's the website. Mm -hmm. And that's like whenever somebody says inside Java, if you just go to inside.java, you will find it there. What we have there is a mm -hmm. bunch of different things. There's the podcast that uh, mainly David mm -hmm. Debassi, but also uh, Chad Aramura are doing occasionally. Those are great. They're in uh, conversations mm -hmm. uh, like this one. Uh, but with more, uh, with at least one competent partner, uh, <laughs> burn. No, <laughs> uh, what's what usually happens there is like somebody who actually worked, for example, on the random generator API will sit down for an hour exactly. uh, and talk about that. So that's very interesting. Um, so those, that's the podcast. The newscast is something that I do on YouTube, on okay. Java's official YouTube channel. Uh, but if you go to inside.javas, okay. you can see newscasts at the top there. Then there is the Jeb Cafe that you mentioned from, that's actually the name of the show, by the way. Jose's show is called Jeb Cafe. Mm -hmm. And then because we okay. don't have enough coffee puns yet, Billy decided to call his, uh, mon his Monday tweets about Java, sip of Java. So that's uh, every Monday okay. event, like a one minute video. Uh, so that's all what, uh, because we're all developer advocates with, uh, with Oracle. And so the inside Java is basically the roof under which many of these things takes place. And the idea is okay. that it presents, you know, stuff that goes on. Uh, within Java. And then there's dev.java, which is the new website, which contains uh, like huge amounts of documentation and how to get started and a uh, little bit how to get involved with the community and development that's there as well. So we will, we all will have to watch your video 10 times. Then you get the next golden or titanium plate, right? So this is no, this, our no, goal now. This is, uh, this is based on view, uh, sorry, on, on, on subscriptions. So you all have to create a dozen sock yeah. puppet accounts and then subscribe with those. That's what we need. Oh, so we need, okay, then we have to create sub accounts, yeah. so fake accounts, yeah, yeah. and subscribe yes, to your show. Yes, please, yes, exactly. Okay. That's how we got Very the first 100,000. <laughs> okay. Okay, so <laughs> just to make sure, <laughs> in case it wasn't obvious, that was a joke. Um, the interesting thing, though, is what, like, to be honest about those 100,000 subscribers, um, like, if you look at the videos, we would, like, if you have 100,000 subscribers, you would hope for more views. I think it's obvious that many people subscribed like a long time in the past, right? So this hundred thousand, mm -hmm. I, I have to take this with a grain of salt. I think there are a lot of people in there who subscribed and maybe don't watch a lot of Java content on YouTube because it's work. And I understand when people at Friday evening, mm -hmm. they don't want to look at work stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so mm -hmm. I think the active driver base, uh, is, is much smaller. And that's why I'm all the more interested to get more people on board and to watch that stuff. Yeah. And over the last year, we've really worked hard to make sure this is not just like, Hey, a new conference happened. Here's 50 conference videos. 
but that is actually mm-hmm. like interesting things that what's what are happening right now yeah, exactly the, for example jose in the jeb cafe built a world checker so that was super topical he used pattern matching and streams and all of that uh to do to write a world world checker and uh a solver i should say probably so um yeah so that, that's the kind of stuff that we're doing there right now and i'm really uh and basically so mentally for me personally i my zero line is the number of subscribers we had like last year around the time when we started which i don't mm-hmm. actually know anymore it's 90 something thousand so that's like the number of so like, really like ed- edu edutainment i would call it so it is yes. really fun to watch it's not like you know dry conference talks but it's really Thank fun you. to watch and yeah this is what i wanted um to say how many subscribers do you need for the next plate i think it's a million actually i'm not sure oh so there's a way yeah to, okay then we have to record a couple of podcasts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's like, "Oh my God, that's never going to happen." I'm not sure. um, so the, the the suspicion about the one inactive uh, subscribers. If Java were a legacy language, which you, old language, I would suspect you know that the old subscribers are no more there. But Java is fresh and dynamic, so I would say they are just on vacation somewhere. You know, everyone is active on your channel. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that, that's a good thing, right? So uh, while uh, so we got we got lots of comments, and it's really like there is. There is like a small community forming there, also you can see things on Reddit. And what I love to do, by the way, is like just pick up community comments or something that does happen on Reddit or other conversations that happen and, you know, to talk about those. So, for example, I had a video about optional the other day. I love talking about optional. Man, there's only a, only a matter of time before we're taps for the spaces video. I see that coming already. But anyway, so I love talking about optional. And there was an interesting conversation about optional on Reddit. And I just had to, I had to jump in and just, you know, yeah. contribute a little bit as well on my end. So that was something that I uh, find really interesting is that. I mean, like we always talk about the Java community and it is huge and it like exists in so many different places, uh, like on, you know, on local meetups and at conferences and, but also in the internet where there are lots of different niches, right? Like you have your own community that, that focuses around Adam and Java. And so everybody, I think, um, has that different niches basically to this. It really feels like we're building one here. We have one yeah. here where, uh, there are lots of interested viewers and listeners yeah. and also the podcast, um, that's that that gets uh views as well we put that on youtube i think as well occasionally yeah so those are all things that um really are really fun at the moment to work on and to be able to you know do this and talk about java um not just you know not just on your own free time but as part of uh something um something bigger and something that like you know builds a community yeah thank you so next time i will hear we will talk about java 18. let's do that perfect Thank you. Where people can Thank find you? you. Uh, this is the you know the, the the standard question, but you have to answer. What is your handle? Oh yeah, Everywhere. it's NipaFX. NipaFX exactly. on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, and NipaFX.dev is my website. Perfect. Thank you. See you next time. Yeah, see you. Bye, Adam.